Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. On today's episode, we continue to investigate the strange plague of rats afflicting Freiholt. On our previous episode, we met Benny Walcom, unscrupulous rat catcher and extortionist. On today's episode, the Fry Corps goes head to head with Benny's boss and benefactor the plague tyrant himself, Hamlin. I hope you enjoy part two of A Disease Divided, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breach Side Broadcast is brought to you by the Fry Corps, best trained group of mercenaries this side of the breach. We recruit the best of the best and train them into a highly effective fighting force that operates like a well-oiled machine. From the meticulous shots of our snipers to the deadly inferno of the Draken Troopers, the Friar Corps has what it takes to get the job done. The stagecoach rolled into the dilapidated station, a repurposed mining shed just outside town, without anyone seeming to notice. The horses danced against their leads, eyes rolling wildly despite their blinders. They could smell the corruption in the air. The driver rustled them to a halt, then stared uncomfortably at the frayed rope still hanging from the gates of the Freikorps compound. The ground beneath it was blackened and charred. The street was abandoned except for a gathering of rats around the head of an alleyway beside the compound. The driver rapped on the side of the carriage. Freiholt, end of the line, the driver said. End of everything by the looks of it. The door creaked open, and Hamlin emerged. The piper unfolded from the carriage, black staff in hand, the warped pipes of his flute banging against his narrow chest. His feet squelched into the mud, but he didn't seem to notice. He looked around the street, almost as though he were lost or confused as to why he was there. Von Schill watched from the sniper's nest that overlooked the compound. Hands had assembled a blind, and the thin shafts of light that worked its way through the screen brought welcome relief from the sun. It was still sweltering inside. Sweat beaded Von Schill's forehead, and even hands looked paler than usual. The pair of guards standing behind them in the cramped space looked positively miserable. They were sweating through the leather of their masks, and a ring of perspiration stained their collars. How sure are we about this? Von Schill whispered. Benny insisted that Hamlin was focused on our food sources, wanted to seed our supply with blight, then move once we were all too sick to fight back. Hans sniffed and rubbed the back of his neck. Losing the storehouse was a blow. He needs to hit before the Victorias get back. Letting Benny leak that we just got a new shipment here at the compound seems to have done the trick. 
I don't understand this at all, von Schull said nervously. This is the most secure place in the Holt. If he wants to move against us, he'll need to come in force, not alone, and not by stagecoach. His eyes scanned the horizon, looking for Hamlin's reinforcements. What's his plan? Whatever it is, we'll stop him. Hans couched his rifle, peering through the scope. I have a shot. Do you honestly believe a single bullet is going to kill something like Hamlin? A single shot is always my first plan, Hans said, but you're the boss. Monchil raised his specs and watched Hamlin's progress. The piper ambled across the street, whistling to himself and looking around like a tourist in a new town. He skirted the gate and walked along the compound wall, disappearing from von Schill's view as he reached the corner. We have eyes over there, he asked. Hannah has the western wall. Vanessa is watching the east, Hans said, glancing in the direction of the other two patchwork watchtowers. No matter where he decides to breach, we'll see it. I don't understand how he's going to... Von Schill's voice dropped off. He gestured with his specs. Hans returned to his scope. There it is. They had a view of the interior of the eastern wall, just at the edge of their sightlines. A scurry of movement darkened to join the line between wall and floor. It grew and grew, until a pair of beady eyes poked through an unseen crack in the wall. Finally, a rat tumbled onto the ground, followed by another and another, until they started to swarm into a ball of slick fur and yellow teeth. The swarm rose into the air until it was the height of a man. The rat started to cascade off the pillar, revealing Hamlin's scraggly form. The piper looked around casually, then strolled out of sight, still whistling. Fix one leak and another one springs up, von Schill said quietly. He thrust his specs into the chest of one of the guards. The man snapped to attention as though he'd been dozing. Everything's falling apart before it's even built, von Schill mused. Sleeping on duty when their commander is standing right here. The next thing you know, they'll be marching out of step and forgetting the words to the core cadence. Send a runner to Hannah, pull her back. The target is already in the compound, and get a report on his movements from Vanessa. Yes, sir, the guard snapped, then scampered off. Von Schill watched him go with distaste. They're getting lax, he muttered. Not much to guard against out here, Hans said. Some action will do them good. I hope you're right. Get to the training grounds. I want you in place before he gets there. He can't know anything is wrong. On it, Hans said, slinging his rifle over one shoulder and folding his tripod flat. Once he was gone, von Schill motioned to the other guard. What's your name, soldier? Mikkel, sir, the man said. His voice was a little dazed. God's help me, is he drunk? What is this place coming to? Von Schultz started down the stairs. You're with me. I want to be there when the trap snaps on this rat's neck. The compound was well guarded, but predictable. These Freikorps men thought like whole people, walking around on their legs, looking at everything from the impossible perch of their fragile necks. Hamlin knew better ways. It was easy enough to slip past a pair of guards, sweating in their ridiculous breather masks and leather armor, who watched the various intersections around the compound. Soon he was closing in on the training grounds. He slipped through the final barrier and stood up. 
looking around the circle of crates. Row after row of supplies filled the centre of training grounds, creating a labyrinth of narrow channels, dead ends and blind intersections. Tarps lay over some of the crates, rustling in the stale breeze that blew in from the surrounding wastelands. Benny had reported well. Monchil had wrangled emergency supplies following the fire. All of Freyhold depended on these supplies, as did Hamlin. The sand of the stadium shimmered in the blazing sun. The air smelled like sweat and spoiled food. Hamlin breathed it in deep. Such a primitive space, Hamlin thought. Does Von Schill know the master he truly serves? Death is death. No amount of marching in neat lines can change that. Hamlin grinned to himself. At least both of their roads led to the same place, though by different means. The piper walked to the nearest crate. It was marked as emergency rations and stank of boiled leather and gun oil. What these people were willing to eat shocked Hamlin. Von Schill must be desperate to feed his precious corps such miserable food. He laid a hand on the crate, then shivered. Something was wrong. That's far enough. Von Schill's voice echoed off the crates that littered the training grounds. Hamlin froze, raising his head to the watch points that surrounded the makeshift stadium. Von Schill walked out of the shadows, with Vanessa at his side. A pair of Freikorps men flanked their commander, rifles lowered. Hamlin turned to face the commander of the Freikorps. The glint of sunlight off sniper scopes sparkled from the distance. Hamlin's black eyes narrowed. Rifles laid in wait. Is this how you greet potential clients, Von Schill? We've read your terms, Hamlin. I'm afraid we must decline your offer. Von Schill signaled to the guards. They advanced. You have mistaken the nature of our relationship, Hamlin said. I have not made an offer. I have made a demand. You will join me, whether by your own will or as a slave to mine. Von Schill laughed, a short, sharp bark. I'm still saying no, you rotten bastard. The Freikorps does not submit to bullies. Not now, not ever. Hamlin gestured to the two guards, their rifles pointed at his belly. You have made a grave miscalculation. Clearly you aren't familiar with my math, Von Schill answered. He signaled again. A flare went up from the parapets, a thin finger of smoke that ended in a sharp pop. Several of the crates around the grounds creaked and fell open. A dozen Freikorps men emerged, stretching from the cramped confines of their hiding places. Hamlin looked around, his expression unchanged. He nodded. Very good, very good. A swarm. He arched a brow in Von Schill's direction. I approve. Take him. Leave something to burn when you're finished, he said. The Freikorps surged forward. Hamlin hardly flinched as they reached him. He swept his staff in wide arcs, knocking aside the initial assault, face pinched in bemused concentration as he fought. The Freikorps men kept to their bayonets and swords, afraid of catching their comrades in gunfire, dodging and weaving as Hamlin struck. He danced out of their reach, blocking with the warped length of that black staff, spinning and striking, moving as though he had no bones, but smooth and fast as the wind. Von Schill watched with frustration as Hamlin fought off round after round of Freikorps' men. One man fell, then another. 
He glanced up at Han's position. He might have to call on the sniper sooner rather than later, but he'd rather not risk his own men. He turned to Vanessa. He's making us look like fools, he said. Do something. With pleasure, she said. He's warping the ley lines, but I should... There it is. She held the tip of her staff in the air like a dousing rod. She followed it to the training grounds, ignoring the guards rushing past her. Someone had given the weapons free order, and a crackle of gunfire joined the chaos of the fight. Vanessa ignored it, working her way toward the centre of the makeshift arena, ducking under crates and skirting her way through narrow passages. When she reached some invisible point, she gripped the staff in both hands and swept it over her head. Clear the line, she shouted. The Freikor, familiar with Vanessa's manner of solving problems, scrambled away from Hamlin. The piper looked up at her, his face splitting in a smile. Young Vanessa, he said mockingly, your sisters have proven a disappointment. How will you serve? Shut up, she snapped, and swung her staff down. Arcane power rippled across the haft, eddies of glowing light that coiled through the air. Vanessa struck the ground, and a bolt of sizzling energy shot through the sand, kicking up a spray of red-hot slag that fell in glowing globules of newly formed glass. The bolt reached Hamlin and exploded. He flinched away, covering his face with the tattered hem of his coat as blue-tinged flames washed over him, the air filled with the stink of burning rat fur. As soon as the space around Hamlin cleared, hands opened up. A sharp crack, the whistle of a passing round, and the front of Hamlin's shirt burst open. The piper went to one knee, supporting himself with his staff as he clutched at the wound in his chest. Freikor's men rushed forward, kicking at the tyrant, falling back whenever he struck, and swarming him from another direction. Soon he was on his back. The staff fell from his hands. Vanessa circled, looking for a chance to strike. Enough, von Schill shouted. The Freikor paused, falling back from their target. Hamlin lay still in the center of the opening. Their commander strode through them, holding his rifle casually to loom over Hamlin's still form. You made a mistake, Hamlin. Few underestimate the Freikor and live. Fewer still threaten us. Your plan was clever, I'll admit. Poisoning our food supply would have brought us to our knees. Von Schilf spat in the sand next to the struggling piper. Hamlin struggled to one elbow, leaning over the bloody sand. His pan flute scraped against the ground. He coughed, spitting onto the floor of the training ground. Yes, I see that now. I see my mistake. Overestimating myself. A clever man like you would never come into a place like this without backup, would you? Hamlin's voice was slow and acidic. He dragged the flute off the ground, bringing it to his lips. What a fool I am. The music that came from the flute was violent, atonal. Just the sound was enough to cause von Schill to flinch. Immediately he felt his gorge rise, and pinpricks of sweat broke out across his forehead and the small of his back. Nausea flickered through his guts. He took a step back, covering his mouth with his forearm. Half of the Freikor's men around him vomited violently. A thick green ichor that filled their masks and seeped through the sweat-stained seams of their breathers. 
Von Schill felt the sickness crawling through his body, following Hamlin's dissonant song, turning his limbs to mush and his mind to fever. He braced against the sickness, steeling himself, and he shrugged off the piper's nauseating spell. When he looked around, Von Schill saw that most of his troops had succumbed. As he reached to aid a nearby trooper, the rest of the surrounding crates fell open. Tightly packed supplies tumbled out. Vegetables already brown and wilting, along with putrid slabs of meat and a sickening avalanche of spoiled fruit. Monchil put his hand on the shoulder of a nearby trooper as he stared at the wave of rotten food emptying onto the dirt. His eyes focused on what else was tumbling out from those crates. What the hell is going on down there? Hans lowered his scope to get a wider view of the training grounds. The dozen Freikorps men had fallen to some kind of plague, vomiting explosively, dropping weapons and fainting in the heat. With the soldiers keeled over and holding their stomachs, Hamlin sprung his trap. The crates opened, and with the rotten food came graying limbs of children. With weeping sores for eyes and blank, cold expressions, they shambled out from beneath the vegetables, and within minutes the stolen flooded the arena. There were at least a hundred of Hamlin's mindless drones to the Freikorps' dozen, and those few were in no shape to resist. Like a swarm of cockroaches, the stolen overwhelmed the near-defenseless Freikorps, stripping them of their armor and tearing away at their flesh. Von Schill fought back, using every gun on his person without having time to reload, but he was severely outnumbered, and cut off from the rest of his forces before he could make a noticeable dent. The soldier beside him had already fallen to the ground, unconscious from the pain of the spreading disease. Hans sighted along the barrel and started firing. There were so many targets. He tried to clear an area around Von Schill, but the commander was slowly being overwhelmed. Whenever Von Schill shoved one of the plague-ridden husks away, Hans put a bullet in their head, but for every urchin Hans killed... Three more filled the gap. Shouts rose up from behind him. He twisted around, trying to find the source of the panic. Guards were swarming away from the front gate, while a few on the wall of the compound were firing madly into the approach. Finally, even they abandoned their posts, jumping from the wall as something slammed into the gates. The gate splintered, then fell back. A flaming wagon rolled through, carrying the shattered gate with it. The front of the wagon struck a guard tower, snapping it in half, then split open. Dozens of stolen crawled through, their clothes on fire, eyes fixed as they lurched toward Hamlin. A draken trooper rushed forward and lowered the charred tip of his flamethrower, spraying liquid fire over the mindless drudges. A few burst into flame, but a half dozen more stumbled through the smoke to swarm the trooper. He tried to fight them off, but they pulled him down dragging at the straps of his weapon. The whole contraption went up in a ball of flame. Stolen were pouring through the front gate. Hans glanced down at where Von Schill continued to fight, then turned his attention to the new attackers and started firing. He cursed in between the shots. Should have taken the Vic's gig. Behind him a flare shot into the air, the second of the battle. It whistled high above the compound before popping into a smoky star of red smoke. The signal for aid. Danger close. 
Vanessa tossed the expended flare tube to the ground and drew her sword as the stolen lurched toward her. She had to buy some time for the reinforcements to show up, assuming Tara was still playing along with Von Schill's little plan. But for now, Vanessa just needed to stay alive. One of the mindless creatures stumbled toward her, grabbing at her staff with pale hands. She swept her blade down, severing its hands at the wrist, and shoved him back with the tip of her staff. He fell backwards, but not before expelling a cloud of foul fumes that clung to Vanessa's clothes like coal dust. She wished she'd brought her rebreather with her, but there hadn't been time. She tripped the next lurching attacker, stabbed them through their lungs and heart, then backpedaled away as the bodies started piling up. Her sword was slick with old blood and lumps of mucus. As she withdrew the blade, the tip got stuck in the dying creature's ribcage. Vanessa nearly dropped it. Sis never explained, she grunted as she struggled and twisted the hilt, the removal part. Finally, the blade separated from the flesh between the ribs. The crowd of stolen around Von Schill grew and grew, obscuring Vanessa's view of the commander. One of the plague types slashed at her arm, tearing long rents through her flesh, and immediately she could feel a fever rising through her blood. After kicking them aside, she cut her way toward Von Schill's direction. The commander was in a bad way. She could hear him panting in exhaustion as he fought off the stolen. There were flashes of his metal arm through the mob, pummeling skulls and tossing corpses through the air. Some of those thrown bodies drew sniper fire from up above, but it was spotty. Vanessa spared a look for the heights, and saw that Hans was caught in his own pitched battle. As she watched, Hans leapt from the guard tower and into a crowd of stolen. Where the hell did those come from? He was quickly up, limping toward her. She turned her attention back to the commander. Von Schill stood, and he fought. Clouds of pestilent gas obscured the sky over the melee, but the commander kept shrugging off their efforts, fighting through the creeping sickness that had crippled his Freikorps. Vanessa watched as he pummeled his way through wave after wave of stolen. They locked eyes, and Von Schill shouted at her. Clear a lane back to the extraction point, this ground is compromised. Sir, she answered, then whirled around. A small knot of surviving Freikorpsmen battled nearby. She fought her way to their side, cutting through the urchins to reach them. Fall back to the mine and take the fallen with you. Gather everyone you can. We're surrendering the training grounds. But the commander, the man protested. Leave the commander to me, Vanessa said. Get moving. She left then to organize the retreat then battled back toward Von Schill. She'd lost track of Hamlin in the melee. The closer she got to Von Schill, the thicker and more desperate the fight became. Soon she was battling alone, completely cut off from both the Freikorps and Von Schill. She fought on. Her sword passed through the sleeve of a robed figure that loomed up in front of her. Rather than bleeding out, though, the figure squirmed and regrew. When it turned to face her, Vanessa saw a face of rats, squeezing moors lined with yellow teeth instead of eyes. "'Didn't we already burn you?' she shouted. The Rat King didn't acknowledge her question, but raised its arms and slithered closer. She tried to step back, but before she could get clear, its robe opened and disgorged a wave of rats. They swarmed across her legs, tangling her up, keeping her from retreating. Vanessa beat at them with her staff, but for every tumor-ridden rat she broke, another scrambled up her arms, clawed into her back. She was slowly being dragged to the ground by the sheer weight and numbers.
Von Schill's tortured shouts cut through the noise. Vanessa had a glimpse of the man vault over the heads of the stolen. For a brief moment he seemed to hover over the battlefield, rifle over his head like an axe, face covered in bloody abrasions. Rats wriggled across his chest, trying to cling to him even as he escaped their grasp. He crashed the ground next to Vanessa, shouldering his way through the Rat King, bursting the abomination like a bag of maggots. The rats fled, disappearing into the crowd, leaving the pair momentarily alone. Leopold, are you hurt? Vanessa asked, already knowing the answer. I, he said quietly, then collapsed into her arms. His rifle slid to the ground. She stumbled under his sudden weight. The metal arm was cold and heavy. Vanessa braced against her staff and channeled healing energy into the fallen commander. He twitched and lived, but was still badly hurt. The swarm of stolen that had been fighting the commander slowly turned in Vanessa's direction. She stepped between them and the kneeling von Schill, grounding her staff and flickering bloody snot from her sword. They lurched closer. Hannah Lovelace came thrashing through the crowd, closely followed by reinforcements. By the state of their uniforms and apparent wounds, these cause men had already seen combat, probably when the madness started. The librarian's mechanical suit smashed through the stolen, breaking bodies and scattering the enemy line. She loomed over the pair of them, glancing from von Schill to Vanessa. Is he all right? she asked. Not dead, Vanessa answered. Yet. Let's keep it that way. Hannah looked up at the disarray. I need for you to open up some power for me. Ah, uh, no, no, no. That is a bad idea, Vanessa said. It hurts like hell, and Vanessa, Hannah snapped. Right, right, okay. Vanessa gathered skeins of force and power through her staff. A shimmering blue aura surrounded her, lifting her hair in an unseen breeze, causing her robes to whip around her. She gritted her teeth and braced for what was coming. Do it already. Hannah turned on the mob of stolen, then siphoned the energy off Vanessa's aura. Vanessa screamed as the transfer took place. Tears opened on her skin, framing her eyes in bloody cuts that opened under the force of energy coursing through her. Hannah took that power and channeled it through her suit. The metal fists shrieked with energy. Hannah laid into the stolen, driving them back, punching craters into the ground and filling the air with flying bodies. The stolen fell back, if only briefly. We need to work on that, Vanessa complained between exasperated breaths. Feels like my blood's being pulled straight through my skin. You have my deepest sympathy, Hannah answered. Perhaps later. Now we must... I sent the signal, Vanessa said, still catching her breath. Yeah, I saw it. Hannah looked over the battlefield, then nodded towards gate five. Let's get in place. This situation is out of hand. Not exactly how we planned it, Vanessa said, as she pulled Von Schill to his feet. Nope, Hannah said. Nature of battle. Now quit talking and start running. They fought while moving, the stolen taking swipes at them as they retreated. Additional Freikorpsmen joined their fight, fighting their way free of the grasping hands of the Hamlin slaves, or clambering out of piles of the dead and wounded. The column limped toward the abandoned mine. This was the original strike around which the Town of Hope had been founded long ago, before the Freikorps had moved in. It led to a dusty mine, now used to store supplies and sometimes to hide weapons. 
It was also the closest thing Freyholt had to a sewer system. Hans was waiting just inside the door. The stock of his precious rifle had a long crack in it, earned as he fought his way through the stolen, but he kept shooting, wincing each time the splintered butt kicked into his shoulder. This is going great, boss, he said, as von Schill limped through the gate. Hannah glared at him. Now we hunker down and wait, Vanessa muttered. Hopefully not too long, Hans said. Not sure how long we can hold these tunnels. The entrance to the mine was dark with shadows. The stolen lined up in front of the gate, hesitant to go inside. Their placid faces stared unseeing into the darkness. There was a ripple in their ranks, the squeaking of rats and shuffling of feet. Then Hamlin slipped through the crowd. He stood at the entrance and breathed in deeply. Ah, yes. Wise, my children. There's something in the air, isn't there? Foul medicine. He glanced around the mine. Whatever it is they have planned, it won't be enough. But you are wise to stay behind. Leaving the ranks of Stolen behind, Hamlin stepped into the refreshing darkness of the tunnels. Von Schill had prepared this place. The floor stank of disinfectant and something astringent churned through the ducts that circulated fresh air into the mine. Am I just a stain on a blouse to you? Hamlin shouted, his voice echoing against the walls. You think a little soap and water will wash me away? The walls dripped with bleach. The fumes stung Hamlin's nose. It couldn't be this simple, he thought. There must be something else. Something. There. A scuffle of feet. A hurried whisper. So like his rats, these humans. Scuttling through shadows. So self-important. Waiting to be broken. Hamlin came to an intersection. The whispers came from the right. He scraped his staff against the rock wall, emanating an abrasive screech, and the sounds stopped. Hamlin smiled, then turned and walked the other direction, as quiet as a stalking viper. I know how bait works, little friends, he thought. You'll need to do better than that. The tunnel broadened, descending as it grew taller. The smell of disinfectant faded. He pushed his senses into the darkness. A familiar presence brushed against his awareness. An emptiness, given shape by death and formed of hatred. Was it? Hello, Hamlin, Tara whispered. Hamlin nodded and turned to face her. Did you think Von Schill would be fool enough to face you alone? He made the same miscalculation, Hamlin said. He leaned his elbow down upon his staff and raised his pipes to his lips. And yet you leave your friends behind, Tara asked. She strolled into the open. The splintered mass of her obsidian blade glinted in the harsh lights of the tunnels. Arrogant and alone. Not a good look. Oh, my dear, I am never alone. Hamlin blew a dissonant tune on his pan flute. The darkness around them lit up with glittering eyes. They might be small friends, but more than sufficient to destroy an empty shell like you. Let's test that theory, Tara hissed. She charged forwards, driving at Hamlin, maybe hoping to get to him before the rats could reach her. But the swarm was already moving, tiny bodies slinging themselves against her, dropping from the ceiling and pouring out of the shadows. She cut her way through them. Most of the rats died a bloody death under her blade, 
but a few vanished without a trace, leaving sizzling air and shock behind. For a few instants, Tyra's black-wreathed form seemed to stutter forward, as though the world were a zoetrope spinning too fast. Hamlin gestured, and the rats parted, leaving him space to manoeuvre. As Tyra slid between a mass of squirming vermin, Hamlin struck. The black staff of plague swung down, impacting Tyra's twisted blade. Obsidian flakes shattered with the blow, filling the air with a cloud of glittering black dust. Hamlin counterstruck, catching Tyra in the knee and sending her sprawling. She fell through the floor, disappearing into the shadow with a snap. Hamlin circled warily. You can't hide forever, child. My rats will find you. They always do. A cold wave and the smell of burnt ozone washed over Hamlin, giving him a second's warning before she struck. Tara stepped out of the nothingness, raining blow after blow down on Hamlin's staff. He caught each strike, turning them, his fluid limbs twisting inhumanly to match Tara's fury. Finally, the black talon landed. With a scream, Tara brought her obsidian sword down on Hamlin's forehead. For a brief moment, it seemed as though his skin would turn the blade, but then a crease formed in his skull. The soulstone sword passed through his body, but as it sliced, Hamlin disassembled into fragments of cloth and squirming rats. As he dropped the black staff in his hands, it dissolved into mist, disappearing. Tara stood over him, hollow chest heaving with effort. The carpet of rats chittered in the darkness, moving in ever tighter circles off to the left. Tara turned to face the writhing mass of furry bodies. They piled up and up, briefly forming a rat king, before collapsing into Hamlin's familiar form. He gestured, and the black staff reformed in his hands. Your struggle is meaningless, Tara. You should know this better than most. You and I, we cannot be killed so simply. That's what I'm counting on. By the time he's done with you, you're going to wish that you could. The first footstep, muffled by the carpet of rats, boomed through the darkness. Hamlin's eyes narrowed. He glanced over his shoulder. The battle had moved him to the far edge of the tunnel, where a hidden chamber lay in shadow. Something lurked inside the passage. His first glimpse of it was a grinning fire, like a furnace sheathed behind a mask of bars. There was a figure in the furnace, just an echo of a form, familiar and yet forgotten. He took a step back. The hammer reached him before he could vanish. Talos blazed to life, its massive hammer swinging down at Hamlin. The piper fell, pinned in place by the hammer's weight. The ancient construct, Talos, lumbered forward, grinding the hammer into Hamlin's chest with each step. The weapon kept the tyrant pinned, unable to disintegrate into a thin mist. It wrapped steel fingers around his waist, then shoved him screaming into the void at his chest. The bars clamped shut, and for a brief second there was a flash of light in the furnace, and the smell of burning fur. Hamlin went to his knees. Nothing surrounded him. There was a memory of flames turning his skin to parchment, then to ash, then to light but the pain was gone. His staff was missing. The dissonant song that usually filled his head was muted. He knew immediately that he was trapped inside Talos, buried somewhere deep in the heart of oblivion. 
his two halves, Hamlin the Piper and Hamlin the Plagued, were pulling apart. Very well, he said, settling into the dark. You have chased me long enough. I am here. Is this what you expected, Tara? You can't hope to keep me here forever. You're wrong. Tara's voice came from everywhere and nowhere. That's precisely what this thing is meant to do. Keep people like you, forever, where you can't hurt anyone. Is that so? I can feel the furnace burning, the engine straining. Even now your precious machine struggles to keep me. He shrugged his shoulders, and the world groaned around him. This was inevitable, but so is your failure. Hammond stood. I am the first, and will be the last. I am the disease that will end every living quiet. Tara appeared out of thin air, her form outlined by ghostly light, just an echo of herself, but enough to strike. Her sword went into Hamlin, then disappeared, leaving a wound behind. Hamlin screamed in frustration and pinwheeled away, but there was nowhere to run. The next strike was just the sword, an echo of its form appearing and disappearing. Hamlin tried to bat it away, but it went through his hands and buried into his chest. He stumbled back. We know who you are, Hamlin, and what you can do. You can't escape. Tara's towering form loomed over him, twice as tall, her voice booming. Talos won't let you. He was built to capture your kind. And now you're a mere scrap of what you once were. Hamlin tried to escape letting the rats consume his flesh to reform again, but each painful attempt ended in failure. Tyra disappeared into the black void. He lay there, chest heaving, trapped in this body, in this miserable flesh. Something was holding him back. Some splinter of his being was trapped in the vacuum of Talos's body. It was the plague, the tyrant, Talos was originally designed to trap the spirits of the tyrants long ago. Tara had repurposed the machine, but apparently it was still capable of its original task. If he wanted to escape, Hamlin would have to find some way to pull free from that part of him. Or, better, to leave a splinter behind and flee with as much of himself as he could preserve. A rat in a trap. He wriggled, and a wound opened like a limb or tail being severed from his body, something he could lose and still survive. He felt around the pain, discovered the thing that kept him here, so central, such a core part of his being, but also the anchor that sealed him in this tomb, and like a rat, he consumed himself and left it behind. Hamlin fell screaming back into the world, his form dropped into a hundred squirming bodies, melting back together like molten lead. Tara and Talos stood in the distance. They whirled to face him, suddenly aware that their trap had failed, but he didn't wait around. Hamlin dissolved into the shadows, leaving dead rats and disappointment in his wake. Deep in Talos, a splinter of his soul shivered in the flames. A bit of plague lost forever, trapped in the void. The sand of the training ground was sticky with blood and bile. There were two piles of bodies, 
one to burn, the other for the graveyard and the halls of memory. The stolen were varied. Children, the elderly, even businessmen in their filth-soaked suits. There were hundreds of them, somehow hidden in crates of food and shipped to Freiholt. For the Freikorps, the names of the fallen were added to the plaques that lined the entrance to the compound. Von Schill watched the entire operation with barely contained fury. The embers of his cigar burned bright in the dying light of the day. Hannah cautiously approached him. Twenty-five dead, all told. They were still combing the mines, she reported. A lot more injured or sick. Not sure how long it's going to take for us to recover from this. And these? Von Schill asked, gesturing to the stolen. How many? Sir, I'm not sure. Hundred? They're just... They were people, Hannah. Just like you and me. Not once Hamlin got hold of them, sir, Hannah said. They were less than that. They're better off dead. Maybe. Maybe. Wanchill's voice trailed off. And Hamlin? Nowhere to be found. Tara still fuming over her machine. Insists he shouldn't have been able to escape. And yet, here we are, Wanchill said. So many of us dead, and nothing to show for it. Our quarry has just disappeared. Creatures like Hamlin don't disappear, sir. They just lay low for a while, she said. He'll be back. Good, Von Schull said, grinding his teeth. Because that bastard is going to pay. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malifaux.